What's up, my brothers and sisters? Welcome to the Fireground Fitness Podcast, where we talk about all things pertaining to life on and off the fireground. The views and the opinions expressed are those of your host and my guest. Today, I've got a brother by the name of Jim Moss. He is a fire captain and fantastic dude and the author of a book called Firefighter Success. Uh, You might recognize his name. He was on the podcast before, back on episode 34, and we are going to dive into his book and learn a little bit about how to be successful as a firefighter. So without further ado, enjoy the podcast. So Jim, welcome back to the Fireground Fitness Podcast and um, super happy to, to chat with you. And I wanted to I want to talk to you today about your book, Firefighter Success. You sent me a copy. I've read it. It's fantastic. But but I know if folks have an opportunity to listen to episode 34, they've got a brief introduction to who you are. But because we were on there with Dan Kerrigan and we didn't get to really dig into to who you are a little bit. So why don't you take a moment and share with us a little bit about your journey into the fire service, where you grew up, where you're now, where you are now, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, thanks so much, Rain, for having me on, and it's great to be back again. So uh, grateful for the opportunity. So yeah, about me, uh, I have been with the Metro West Fire Protection District for almost 14 years now, uh, seven years as an officer, uh, currently hold the rank of captain. And before that, before Metro West, I was at St. Louis City Fire Department as a uh, EMT and eventually a paramedic for three years Uh, running on the busiest ambulance down there in North St. Louis. But I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, born and raised in South City. And uh, now I live in St. Louis County, Western St. Louis County, and married for 18 years. I got three kiddos and I just love the job. So regarding firefighter success, that came out at the end of last year of 2020 in December. Hit uh, the number one bestseller uh, on Amazon in the firefighting category. I'm grateful for that. And uh, really, it's all about me uh, sharing my passion for the job and uh, what other mentors have poured into me. And hopefully I can pour into others as well, uh, like you are doing. So, again, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Right on. Well, the I will say, man, that, that, that concept of mentorship, I know you talk about it in the book, and we'll get to that in more detail, I imagine. But the idea of sharing thoughts and ideas and spreading it. You know, one of the, th- the principles that uh, was taught to me young on this job was uh, leave it better than you found it. Yes. And so I think about that in terms of, you know, of terms of what you guys are doing, um, what you're doing specifically with this book and in, in giving back into the fire service, really appreciate you doing that. And it's, I think it's such a valuable thing because you're not always going to find a, a mentor at your kitchen table, mm-hmm. you know, and depending on the size of your organization, you may have to seek education and edification in other places. So I think there's a lot of value in looking around the fire service and saying, hey, who's putting out content that I can use to grow and develop myself? Exactly. And and I love that you talked about mentorship and, and value because I, I really believe there's kind of two types of firefighters. There's There's those who are successful and those who add value to others, right? They leave a legacy worth following, as I like to say in the book. Mm. And there's those who take away value from others, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully we, we choose the former instead of the latter. You know, hopefully we add value and we pour into others. We pour our passion into the job and, and we leave it better than we found it, like you said. Yeah. There's a great quote that you just kind of remind me of. A good friend of mine says this on a regular basis. He says, hey, um, you know, in terms of looking around and finding people who are setting good examples 
And he says, no man is useless. They can always serve as a bad example. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Even their bad example can serve well. (laughs) Yes. There's something to be learned everywhere. So, but you have to be discerning, right? You have to be able to suss out what is uh, valuable and what is not. Um, so be careful. <laughs> yes, yes. You have to be and, careful and who you're we watching. Can learn, we can learn from everybody and, and it really comes back to our humility, you know, and, and making sure we are lifelong learners and making sure uh, that we are pushing ourselves every single day. Yeah. So. Well, so, okay. So let's, let me, let's touch on this real quick. You, you wrote this book and the, there is so much, it is packed Jim, um, and you, and you know this. You wrote it. Uh, it is packed with such good information. I was, I was like, how am I going to talk to Jim about this? Because if we don't talk about it from cover to cover, we're going <laughs> to miss some of this content that is so tremendous in here. So I picked. Um, you, you know, you have the twenty C's of success, and um, and it will. I want to. There's a handful of those that I picked out, and what I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, so let me just let me just say that the. Actually, I want to go back real quick. What caused you? I know you talked about kind of, um, you know, I brought up leaving it better than you found it. I, this idea of feeding back into the fire service. But what drove specifically this book? Because I know fitness, you know, physical fitness has been uh, one of the uh, hallmarks of who Jim Moss is as far as your public presence, right? And and, and right. what you do on a daily basis. So what drove you toward this piece? Kind of getting more into the cerebral aspects of firefighter success versus the physical. Yeah. What drove that? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm glad you asked that question. So uh, uh, if you check out the uh, from the author section at the beginning of the book, I kind of laid out what my definition of success is for firefighters and what I believe uh, is not necessarily success for firefighters. So I think so many times in the fire service, uh, we think, uh, you know, some firefighters think that a successful firefighter is the one who is the most experienced, uh, the one who's been to the most amount of fires. Uh, They have certain accolades. They have certain rank, seniority or power or time on the job. Right. Um, And uh, so many times we think, um, you know, success might only equate to the skills or strategies and tactics uh, of the job and knowing those things. But really, it's so much more. Right. Um, So I wanted to provide a resource that would help firefighters really push their potential, reach their potential achieve excellence, not only in the fire service, but also in their personal lives as well. And when you really all boil it down, what firefighter success is all about, it's about, you know, 20 principles, core principles to help you better lead yourself. And if you choose to lead others, if you know, once you lead yourself, you can do that with these 20 core principles. Um, And so, Again, like we talked about before, it's it's about leaving a positive, lasting impact in the fire service uh, and beyond in your personal life as well. As a husband, as a wife, as a, a parent, as a grandparent, you know, whatever it is, you know, it, it's about adding value and impacting others in a positive way. And so that was my goal in the Firefighter Success book, really, to uh, help firefighters lead themselves. Um, and, and so hopefully they can achieve excellence in everything they do. I like that. I always, I always tell guys, lead from where you are, mm-hmm. right? And yes. That, that principle is so important. And you talk about, you, you just mentioned that you have the ability uh, or what this book talks about is learning to lead yourself. And mm-hmm. I think there's so much value in the in, in evaluating your own 
uh, val- well, value set, right? And understanding your own personal characteristics and where you come from and why you do the things that you do and why certain things are important to you. Um, but it takes a lot of self-reflection. And, yes. you know, if you, you know, if you aspire to be better, you have to understand your strengths and weaknesses so that you can address them. And, yes. and, and I think that's a valuable part about this. And there's so many, you know, self-help books out there that it help you point toward, you know, different things that you can do to improve yourself. But it's, but you have to turn the pages. And uh, as an individual, you have to go in there and do the work. And I love, you know, you mentioned this, but you pointed out in the book, you said success is not rank, position, or power. And right. I, I think that's such a valuable thing to point out because <clears throat> there's only so many fire chiefs in an organization. And mm-hmm. you may not be the guy who, who arrives at that place. And that does not mean you're unsuccessful. Right. And so I think it's a, the, the quality of your relationships, the mm-hmm. quality of the work that you do, uh, those are all things that can be measured as metrics to one's individual success. Yes, and, yes. And I like that you mentioned really knowing who you are, right? Knowing your strengths and weaknesses, knowing your core values, knowing your, mis- uh, your mission, your mm-hmm. vision for yourself. Uh, and so that's one of the things I really believe in. And that's, you know, in chapter seven, uh, it's, it's entitled Conviction. And it's really about knowing yourself, right? Because if you don't know what you're all about, if you don't uh, know your values, uh, then other people are really going to decide for you. And, uh, you know, life's too short to just kind of wander aimlessly without knowing who you are and what you stand for. Uh, So that was really an important chapter for me to write uh, because, uh, you know, there's exercises in there. I, I love that you said it's about taking action because the book is all about action, right? It, it, there's action steps at the end of each chapter that I want people to take. Yeah. There's exercises within the book about answering questions and having that honest, humble introspection about, you know, like you said, your strengths and weaknesses and what, what you're all about. So it's not just theory, right? It's not just uh, leadership theory, um, about, you know, how to be better. It's, it's about being better and taking action. Um, and so, um, that's one of my favorite chapters, the conviction chapter, because there's so many questions in there that I want people to answer, uh, for themselves and what they're all about. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and hopefully they take action with that. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I really believe that. <clears throat> so let's talk about the chapters real quick. The, uh, Okay, I'm going to read off the list real quick just so that people have a, a framing for the topics, the, the, the 20 chapters. And then what I'd like to do, I, I, have, I have circled, let me think, six of my six that I think are the top. Uh, well, the awesome. six that stood out to me. But I would love to hear your top, um, your top five, <laughs> nice. top six. That's hard. That's okay. hard. But go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Hey, when you have your own your own passion project, you're like, how do I pick the best part of it? I don't know. Um, <laughs> right. Someone asked me the other day, hey, what's your favorite favorite podcast that you've done. And I'm like, yeah, uh, dude, each one of them stands out for its own reason. Like the guest, right. or the, the thing we got, we, we dug into a, a nugget that I learned about an individual. There's at least so many layers to this yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. I'm like, I, I think I left that person wanting cause I didn't answer the question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, they're all amazing. What are you talking about? Yeah. Okay. So here's the 20, here's the 20 C's coachable, curious, Champion mindset, confident, committed, courageous, conviction, competent, comprehensive, consistency, character, credibility, charisma, communication, candid, compassion, composure, change, community, and coach. 
and, and let me just say this. I love that you bookended it with being coachable <laughs> and ending with coach. I feel like That's that was right. very deliberate. Um, it was very deliberate. <laughs> yeah. um, I love that because for me, uh, when you are, I think back to my, like my, my youngest days on the job, right? You are here to learn and grow and evolve. And so you have to be teachable. So you have to set your mm -hmm. own personal crap aside and say, hey, I'm here to learn. And then at some point, you have to turn and feed back into the system as, mm -hmm. a, as a senior firefighter, as a captain, as an organizational leader at the higher levels, whatever. At some point, you have to be giving back into the system and teaching and coaching people along. So I love that you did that. That's Okay, so, so tell me, Jim, <laughs> what are your... What are the what what are the ones that stand out to you? Your Fab Five or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, um, uh, just looking at the list, I brought up uh, you know the the book right here on my computer, and uh, number one is, is like you said, being coachable, uh, because whether you have three days on the job or you have three decades on the job, it is really about having the humility to be teachable, to be coachable every single day. Um, because some of the firefighters I respect the most aren't necessarily the, you know, the chief of the, of the department. It's the, uh, the guy who has 20, 25, 30 years on the job, still a line firefighter, not necessarily an officer, but he is still coachable. He is still learning. Um, you know, he or she are the ones out there making sure that they are still advancing themselves. Um, and so to me, that, that really inspires me. That, that motivates me uh, to be better um, because it, we all know that ego is the enemy and pride and vanity. Those are what get, get really get us in trouble. Uh, so that's really why I started the book with with being coachable, because mm -hmm. that is the foundation. You know, being humble is the foundation to all the other 20 C's that you you listed earlier, um, because if we don't have that, then we're not going to be curious. We're not going to be committed. You know, we're not going to be competent. Uh, if we think we know it all, right? So that that's probably the most important one to me, uh, and really the launching point to every firefighter's success. So um, if go ahead, no, when you when you, so you said something I want to touch on real quick before we move away from it. You talked about well, you said it now. I don't remember what you said. <laughs> you said <laughs> you said that the, the 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 coachable firefighter, right? This is you know still advancing themselves. And what does that look like on a day to day for you? When you, when you look out around your organization, the firefighter that is still advancing themselves, what does that look like yeah. to you? Yeah, well, we can jump forward to chapter 18, uh, change, right? So think about, and I love this chapter because it was so fun to write and research. I basically break down over the last three, 300 years, the American Fire Service, how it has changed and evolved yeah. uh, over the last 300 years. And it's kind of like a mini history lesson mm -hmm. for firefighters. And it was so fun researching that and writing it. Um, but the main point uh, of the chapter is that the fire service is ever evolving, right? Mm -hmm. Just think about the changes mm -hmm. we have had to endure over the last year or just over a year with COVID mm -hmm. and the restrictions and, and, you know, every firehouse fire department was different with the restrictions internally, but also the external, uh, you know, service delivery that we had to do and the PPE and, you know, uh, you know, less uh, public relations and PR and all those, you know. That, that kind of stuff, right? So the fire service is ever changing. It's going to be different, you know, a year from now, it's going to be different five years from now, 10 years, you know, just go down the line. So 
with that being said, with your original question, we have to evolve with it. We have to change with it, right? And if we're, we have that ego, we have that vanity to say, I know it all and I'm not going to change, you're not going to be a successful firefighter and you might as well find your, <laughs> find your way out. Um, because every, you know, whether it's training delivery, uh, whether it's service delivery, you know, we always have to uh, adapt. We always have to impro- improvise and overcome as the U S Marines say, right. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we need to, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Simplify. So, uh, we need to make sure that we're constantly adapting to that. And that comes back to being coachable, you know, whether yeah. you get, like I said, three days on the job or three decades on the job, yeah. always learning and, and willing to change and willing to evolve. Oh, I like that. I think that the, when you, there's, there's uh, I mean, there's all different types of ways we can frame this, but the thing that pops in my head is this, un, is recognizing that we are playing life and uh, life is an infinite game. And, mm-hmm. you know, we get caught up in this. Well, if I get promoted, then X and I've won. Right. But in, in, right. in, in, in our business, winning and losing is, is not, um, is, is too finite of a way of thinking about projects and work and, and life. Right. You don't, yeah. um, you don't win a relationship, right. With your, with your, co- <laughs> with your coworkers, you don't win that. That's right. And when, you know, like maybe there are small wins and losses like throughout our journey, but at the end of the day, we are playing uh, a game that, that is, that goes on forever. And, mm-hmm. and, and people are constantly changing and adapting. And so we have to be willing to flex and grow into the environment as it's evolving around us. Um, yeah. Because I think the, yeah, only, then, the, the only real loser there is the person who's like, nope, this is how it always will be. And then whenever, when things begin to change, they, their whole lives crumble around them because they, they can't adjust. They can't flex. Exactly. Yep. You got to be humble. You got to be adaptable every single day. So, uh, yeah. and I love what you said about, you know, it's not about really who's, who's winning, right. It's, it's about, you know, pushing forward and, and just trying to get better every day. And, you know, one of the things I hate, uh, is that so many firefighters view the fire service as a competition, right. About yeah. who's better about, uh, who knows more, who, uh, can do this or that better than the other guy. Right. Uh, when I think, you know, again, going back to being coachable and humble, it comes back to, you know, let the best idea win, as Chief Frank Viscuso says, right? Uh, the best idea has to win. And I really believe that successful firefighters are, are those who celebrate the successes of others, right? Yeah. So I, I, I remember when I didn't get the promotion, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember reaching out to other firefighters who were testing with me in the promotional process. And even when I didn't get it, whether it was Lieutenant or captain at the time, I I remember reaching out to them and saying, Hey, congrats, man, great job. Or I give them a call. Um, and hopefully that meant a lot to them. Uh, but I knew it just wasn't my turn yet. So why not, you know, congratulate them, uh, on on their success with reaching that next level. Uh, and then next time I'm going to learn from it and, and try harder. So, uh, hopefully we as firefighters, start to uh celebrate the successes of others uh because really hopefully as we all know a rising tide raises all boats so hopefully we're all getting better together yep yeah that's a really important thing to remember and i think that you know you talked about humility in there and 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 if you when we get caught up in the finite game of wins and losses Right. If mm-hmm. you, when you are unsuccessful and you look around you and you see people who are, I don't know, using air quotes here, are yeah. su- successful, right? The perception that they got a leg up on you, 
um, mm-hmm. really is counterproductive organizationally and um, really is, is really toxic in an environment. So uh, right. there's a great quote from uh, Fire Chief Brunacini, right? He said, ego eats brains. Yes, yes. And I think exactly. that's a, that one is stuck in me and uh, really is in my mind a lot. Uh, set that ego aside, you know, look around you and realize that there's a long, there's a long game that we're playing here and it goes well beyond any of us. So that's right. It's, it's not like it's a zero sum game, right? Like yeah. just because that, that firefighter got the promotion, they won. That doesn't mean I necessarily lost. Right. Right. I just need to, right. You know, I, I just because other people win, that doesn't mean I'm the, I'm the loser or you're the loser. Right. We need to just make sure that we, we take whatever we can, uh, from, you know, their win. And we learn from maybe if I could have done better, I need to learn from that yeah. and, and improve. So yeah. just because others are winning doesn't mean you're automatically losing. Yeah. Yeah. I will say this. Um, every promotional process that I've had to take, um, I've had to take it multiple times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've, Same I've here. I'm a repeat here. offender on multiple processes. And what, and the thing about that, the reason I say that is because every process I was frustrated and then I grew. Yes. And it was, and I look back now and those events have been such, have been so transformative for me. Um, so it was good. I needed, I needed that, uh, tri- trial, if you will. Right. I needed yeah. that, that issue so that I could step away and detach from my own, um, part of my language, but from my own bullshit and, and yeah. really think about myself, um, and grow and, and try to be better. And, right. Um, and, and, I, I think so many times we're trying to ad, uh, avoid adversity. Mm-hmm. We're trying to avoid the struggle, the hardship, right? But we all need to know that failure is part of life, yeah. right? And and how you respond to it really determines your level of success, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if you cash in all your chips, if you say, all right, I'm not testing again, right? So, you know, I don't know. Uh, it, it, it comes down to really just pushing forward. And, and being, you know, comfortable with being uncomfortable and learning from, you know, the, those times that you didn't get the promotion or you did, you weren't hired at such and such department, right. you know, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to just cash in your chips? Or are you going to say, nope, you know, I'm going to put my head down and keep going. Hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Really thoughtfully consider your own, your own stuff and, and reevaluate. Oh, what did I do wrong? What could I have done differently? How could yeah. I, how can I affect change on this? Uh, yep, okay. Exactly. Man, coachable. It's his own book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can talk a whole podcast about that, right? Okay, so what's your number? What's your next one? Uh, I already mentioned conviction, you know, and I kind of mm-hmm. uh, mentioned mm-hmm. why that's that's so important to me. Knowing uh, what you're all about, knowing uh, your core values, your mission. So I think mm-hmm. that's really important for people. Um, yeah, oh my God, I'm I'm, l- I'm looking at the list right now, and well, I'm trying to give you, you know, my favorite. But I, I would think uh, champion mindset. Uh, is so important uh, because, uh, as we already mentioned, you know, adversity, failure, and hardship—they're—they're they're just part of life. So, you know, having the right mindset to power through, power through those things, mm-hmm. uh, to overcome struggle, struggle and failure—that's uh, incredibly important. Um, so, since I am a, let me just ahead. say this real quick. I think that champion mindset. So, I will say this: I circled conviction; it's on my list. And mm-hmm. what I what I wrote next to it was personal strategic plan. Um, yes. And I think that that's interesting because it knits in with the champion mindset um, mm-hmm. to a degree. And I'm curious what you thought, what your thoughts are on that. When I when I think about conviction and having a understanding your greater purpose here, and yeah. understanding that you know you have a personal mission on this planet, and um, you know, and I'm going way more broadly here than just the fire service, because um, if you're going to be successful 
in your work life. <clears throat> there has to be success in your personal life as well. Oh, uh, of course. And so I think those things are knit together, and it's it's about having this broad understanding of your purpose here. Uh, and everyone has their own place for this, their own purpose. Um, but identifying what that purpose is, having that that a plan in place for you to achieve that, and then the champion mindset is the person who um, gets knocked down but gets back up and re yeah. reengages, reengages. Is that how you see exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. Uh, and just going back to champion mindset, you know, three three sub parts, if you will, of the champion mindset that I wrote about is is number one, having that positive mindset, having having a positive attitude every single day. And uh, one of the things I wrote in the book, if I can just read it real quick. Yeah, um, so I, I said, um, when we adopt a positive mindset, it shapes our daily attitude. Our attitude is a choice. It's a choice we make every single day when we wake up and we get out of bed. And here's the most important part I want to pass on. So our attitude determines our thoughts. Our thoughts determine our behavior. Our behavior determines our actions and our actions determine the outcome. Right. So let's choose to start every single day with a great attitude. So to me, that's really important. Um, and uh, because every single thing is like a cascade effect you know, with our mindset, with our behavior, with our thoughts, with our actions, and then it eventually it determines the outcome. Um, but other subsets besides the positive mindset under the champion mindset is the unstoppable mindset, something we just talked about with, uh, you know, overcoming adversity. I mean, just think about history. All of those who faced incredible adversity, you know, whether that's, you know, I, I write in the book about FDR, I write about uh, Oprah Winfrey. I write about Viktor Frankl. Um, all these different individuals, you know, Ellie Wiesel, um, who had incredible uh, stories, hor horrific childhoods, you know, going through the Holocaust or, and all these different things. What did they do about it? Right? Were they? Uh, did they claim to be the victim, or did they have the mindset to become the victor over their circumstances, over their hardships? Um, and so that's something that really inspires me uh, with the uh, unstoppable mindset, just having that mindset that nothing's going to hold me back. You know, it might take me longer, like we just talked about. It might take me a little bit longer to get that uh, promotion. Mm -hmm. You know, I might have to test, you know, five times or more, whatever. But nothing's going to stop me from getting, getting that promotion or going to the next level, whether it's with uh, my, you know, career or whether it's with my personal life, being the best dad that I can be, being the best husband that I can be. Um, and then lastly, what I write about in the uh, champion mindset is is this, the last, the third part is the competitive mindset. So um, I think I really believe in healthy competition mm -hmm. um, uh, as opposed to unhealthy competition, but healthy competition using others and making sure we surround ourselves with others who are gonna push us, right? You know picking three to five individuals that are is really in our inner circle of who we can trust to push us, push ourselves to be better. And hopefully we're pushing others to be better. You know, just like, you know, Larry Bird and Mag Magic Johnson, Tom Brady and, and Peyton Manning, uh, Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier. I mean, they, they those were awesome rivalries in sports to, you know, learn from. And, and they say uh, having those rivalries, uh, was positive and healthy competition to push them to, to be better than they ever could have been by themselves by themselves. So, so hopefully we, we see that we have that healthy competitive mindset and, and <clears throat> only in, improves ourselves 
to really get better. Hmm. I like that. It's a, that is a, you know, you, you said it several times, right? That it, the, the healthy mindset, um, the yeah. healthy competition, because we can allow that to get very toxic very quickly if we're not careful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like I said before, the fire mm-hmm. service is not a competition, but if we have that mindset of healthy competition, uh, then we'll use it to push ourselves to be the best we can be. Right. Yeah. I think it's, it's looking at your, looking at your peers and, mm-hmm. and recognizing that, uh, for me, when I think about that, it's in terms of, oh man, someone's going out and they went to a class. Ooh, I want to go to a class too. Like, um, they just opened a door for me mentally that I didn't realize was existing before. So ooh, I, right. wanna, I don't want to miss an opportunity. So I want to get in on that. Um, yes. so I think that's where that, that healthy piece of that lies when we start tearing each other down to get ahead, standing on someone else's head, um, it can get toxic really fast. Yep, exactly. I couldn't yeah. agree more there. So, okay. Um, the, the one that I circled next was um, curious. Yes. And um, yeah. I, I, I immediately, I wrote down, build your KSAs, right? Your knowledge, That's skills, and abilities. That's um, right. I love this idea that, uh, you know, recognize when you acknowledge um, that there is so much out there that you do not know and you go, man, I, I just need to start opening up all these doors and opening up all these, these passageways to, to more information. And the more you do that, the more you realize, man, I, there's so much more I don't know. <laughs> it's, yeah. It can be defeating because you're like, man, it, it's infinite, right? The amount of information that you can continue to gather and learn. But man. Yeah. The, um, the more I know, the less I really know. <laughs> right. Yeah. The more I realize how much I don't know, right? It's a, it's a crazy <laughs> catch 22, but you have to, um, but I love the idea of getting curious and, um, I want to hear your your framing on that. Yeah, so curious is is chapter number two, and it immediately follows the coachable chapter, not chapter number one, right? Hmm. Um, and so that was very intentional because I believe curious firefighters are the ones who are the ones who are asking, "Is there a better way to do this?" And they're not looking to change the process just for the sake of change. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're looking to say, "Hey, how can I I personally improve?" How can uh, my crew improve? How can this process improve? How can my fire department improve as well? And I really believe that starts with with asking why yeah. and understanding the processes that we use. Um, so, you know, it, it, it can be something to where, hey, is this is this a standard operating guidelines still relevant? Right. Do mm-hmm. we still use it or can it be improved? Right. Maybe it hasn't been updated in 20 years. Right. Or, and, and it might might be obsolete. Um, or is the way that we're responding to certain emergencies, uh, certain calls, uh, is this the best way to be doing it? Right. Um, you know, I, I can think, for example, um, you know, is it is it necessary to respond to a site call um, lights and sirens? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and rushing to the scene when PD isn't even there yet to clear the scene for us. Right. And, yeah. and so we're waiting five minutes for PD arrive, to arrive. And we're risking, you know, going lights and sirens. We know every time we do that, uh, it's placing uh, our citizens a little bit more risk and it's placing ourselves a little bit more at risk every single time we go lights and sirens. So, you know, that's just a a minute, small uh, micro example of something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, the curious firefighters are the ones who are always asking, is there a better way to do it? Right. Yeah. And uh, is there a better way for me to improve, to uh, have that honest introspection? 
And uh, really, it comes back to that uh, learning is a lifelong journey um, and, and making sure we're always curious. Uh, every single day we show up to the job um, and uh, we're not just staying the same, uh, staying mediocre, average or stagnant with where we are. Yeah, I like that. The very uh, in the in, you mentioned earlier that each chapter has action steps, mm-hmm. and um, you know in the uh, I added a step um, to the last nice. well, the very last page. You wrote, uh, "Are you a rookie? Be curious." And then there's there's a little bit of information that goes with that, and um, you wrote, "Ask why." And are you a veteran firefighter? Be curious. Company officers, training officers, um, and then I added chiefs. Ask why, <laughs> yes. right? Because yes. it's important that at, at every level that we are curious um, and challenging the paradigm, and which you just talked about. So I don't have to belabor it, but I think it's that is exactly um, exactly the point. Is that no matter where you are on this journey, and you know, at your pro, at what the questions that are appropriate for your level, ask them. Mm-hmm. Are we in the right yeah. place, doing the right thing for the right reasons? Uh, that right. is so important to to inquire about. Um, yep. Okay, what was your what's the next one on your list? Uh, let me go back to the uh, table of contents real quick. Uh, I would say, um, man, there's so many. I really enjoyed writing the competent chapter because that was really all about knowing knowing our job, doing mm-hmm. our job, loving our job. Mm-hmm. And I really, I'm really passionate about training. Um, and so that was really fun to write because I actually wrote uh, 101 ideas for hands-on training for uh, firefighters, for fire companies, maybe even training officers to kind of look at and implement. Uh, So that was a lot of fun uh, because as a company officer, uh, we all know that, you know, training is is one of our big roles and responsibilities uh, of training our crew. And sometimes it's hard to just get an idea, right, of what to do. Uh, There's so many things we can train on, uh, but uh, sometimes it's it's hard to have an idea. So that was really fun coming up with that list. Yeah. yeah, and, that, and to I, be clear, I, that list is in the book, right there, yes, in, right yes. there in the middle for guys to, the guys and gals to look at. Yeah, yeah, and that's one of the action steps of that chapter is pick three things, you know, from the 101 uh, mm. uh, ideas for hands-on training. Pick three things to implement over the next month with yeah. your crew. Hey, um, and I will add that the reason this is so valuable is we, especially if you like, if you're in an organization that. Um, you know, you stay in your firehouse with your crew and you don't really get a lot of exposure to other people, ideas can get a little bit run of the mill or stagnant, right? Yeah. And um, I had an experience years ago with a company and uh, we we started doing uh, down firefighter drills and we added a, we had a little spice to it. We added a a video camera and we would blindfold and the, the rule was, hey, your gloves can't come off. You're blindfolded. We're, we're assuming that this is super high heat, zero visibility, and we filmed it. Yeah. And then we allowed everyone, we, we gave the film to uh, each other to, to look mm-hmm. at after the fact. And that little nugget completely changed things for people. Because we'd be like, yeah. hey, man, uh, Bob, why are your gloves off? And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not implicating any Bobs that in my life here. So this is just a random name, Bob, um, or it could be Joe or Sally, whoever, whatever. And, and so right. we would challenge each other and go, Hey, what's, what happened here? Right. What, what are you doing? Oh, I got frustrated or whatever. And so it was a really a valuable learning tool. And that came from just one of the bros was like, Hey, let's try this. And, um, that was an inject from somebody who was outside of my little circle. Right. So that's huge right. that we, 
we do things differently. So I love this list because I, as I as I look through it, I'm like, ooh, that's something to think about. Oh, there's another way of approaching something, and and it's important that you, you know, you wrote in there the Denver drill. I'm like, ooh, I haven't seen the Denver drill since recruit school. So <laughs> you know, yeah, like there's yeah. there's things like that you need to revisit. So I I love that. Um, oh, thanks. I appreciate it. But also the things that I, I really have found beneficial with my crew, I talk about the kitchen table training. Um, and that's mm-hmm. five different five different topics um, that you, you know, whether it's fire related, EMS related, uh, you know, area familiarization, uh, maybe a little miscellaneous question in there or, you know, asking a question about uh, your own fire department's SOGs. So that's a drill that I, I do typically every time we're at the firehouse. Every, uh, you know, 48 hour shift we're on is, uh, you know, when we're having our breakfast, having our coffee um, in the morning, uh, getting that out. And it starts great conversation because it has five different questions uh, on a piece of paper that we can all talk about and discuss. And it, it usually brings up other points as well yeah. uh, and keeps everybody fresh. So that, that's one of the things I really wanted to pass on that we do on my crew. Um, but also in that chapter, we talk about the importance of, of education outside of training. And also experience, you know, to be really be competent. You're learning from, like we said before, learning from our own experiences, both good and bad, uh, and then learning from others' experience as well. You know, mentors are, you know, if someone ran a certain call, um, you know, asking them, hey, what was up with that call? Uh, you know, if you weren't on it, what was up with that call? Uh, what happened? And, uh, you know, if, if you really want to dive in further, you know, maybe grab the audio uh, from your dispatch about it, if it was like a first alarm. Um, and then really getting more information about it to learn as much as possible. So, uh, like you said, we can learn from, uh, the experience of, of others all yeah. the time. Yeah. I, you know, I think it's, uh, really important to bench race calls and revisit them, uh, after the fact, that's a big deal. And we have to, we have to be careful because it's real easy to, uh, you know, to throw stones at somebody who, uh, made a decision on the fire ground in the heat of the moment right so i think that's yeah. a it's really valuable uh we just have to be careful how we do it and, and be thoughtful about the real circumstances and go man well, i wonder what that was really like and uh do a little bit of investigation as we as we look at these calls because it's real easy to be like man they have no idea what they're doing those guys are jammed up what's their problem <laughs> yeah and it really comes back to expanding our own perspectives mm-hmm. right you know and seeing having that empathy having that understanding of seeing it from someone else's um uh ideas right so yeah i mean so many times like for our shift chiefs our battalion chiefs so many times firefighters are like oh they just deliver the mail you know that's all they really do <laughs> they, they go from firehouse to firehouse they deliver the mail right um but uh you know one, one thing i've started to do over this last year is write up you know i'm a captain right now but I, mm. i've started to write up uh in in the uh chief buggy you know the mm. car and uh so man, talk about expanding your, your perspective and a dose of humility mm-hmm. of, you know, shifting the mindset from at the company level, but, you know, tactical level to a more strategic level. Right. And that has been something that has helped me and caused me to grow in how I uh, respond and, and view certain incidents, um, especially when it's from that, uh, you know, incident commander perspective. Yeah. So I think it is, it is really important to, uh, you think about the perspective, uh, the concerns, the risk management, the ideas that put you know that put your boss uh, on edge, right? What causes mm-hmm. them to be afraid? Uh, and I, you know, I'm thinking of a of an example that comes to mind where we had a a company on a roof, and 
they were backlit by fire and uh i'm like mm, i'm a little bit uncomfortable right now because i don't know where that fire exactly is compared to where they're mm-hmm. located at but it's dark yeah. and all i can see is a huge column of fire and my firefighters illuminated from behind and it's you know the, yeah. that perspective is a little bit uncomfortable and real yeah. and, and it's not until you're in that position where you're kind of helpless and i you know afterwards i talked to the captain on that company and i'm like hey tell me more about that He's like, oh, yeah. well, there was a firewall. The, like the roof we were on was totally sound, and um, you know the roof itself vented, you know, like 15 feet away from them, and on the other side of a firewall. Okay, like that's like a pretty safe position to be in. But from the yeah. from my angle, I didn't have that information, and so it, it really <laughs> exactly. is. It's interesting, right? And had you know, if you're a third party without that perspective, um, it's hard to make those. It's hard to understand that. That's yeah. why those cam reports are so important. <clears throat> Right. Exactly. The, well, right. Cheap, you know. Yes, and that you know, we go to you know one of the one of the uh, one of the chapters in your book is communication. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I happen to have that one highlighted. And right. This, this is... could this could be a whole podcast in itself, <laughs> right here. <laughs> right. Well, and that communication is so so important, and I'm not going to jump topics necessarily, but that's the um, that piece right there is is the 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 way that we share information, the way that we lead up each other uh, as things are evolving, changes perspective. Um, massively so yeah and and what's the biggest complaint of firefighters in their fire department with leadership poor communication (laughs) yeah poor communication (laughs) lack of communication so uh and and it's it's not uh always the other person's fault right you know are we actively seeking to communicate um and and get information right Mm. uh when it's not being given to us how proactive are we uh in in trying to communicate right so it's Mm. not just one side of the equation Yes. So, 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 okay. I'm going to make a little segue here. (laughs) Communication, really, really important. One of the obstacles to good communication is another chapter, courageousness, right? And, and you wrote in there, you talked about courage as it relates to character. And that to me is such a critical piece here, right? Our ability to, as it knits to communication, right? My ability to be humble enough to listen to somebody else Mm -hmm. and hear uh, maybe a critique or hear uh, feedback that I may not, uh, that might be hard for me to hear. Um, yeah. I have to be willing to give space for someone to say those things and to, to uh, allow them to express the concerns, express an issue, express a topic. And, um, uh, and then, of course, conversely, in order for you as an individual to communicate these ideas, you have to have the courage to express what is on your mind and yeah. and be clear and kind and, and thoughtful about the way you express yourself. Uh, For sure. It's so important. So when you think about ca- courage and character, it's not necessarily needed with communication. I just think it plays well together. So what is yeah. that? What is that from your perspective? Yeah. Um, so when you were just talking, the, the key word that really popped into my head was really accountability, right? Do we have one, the courage to receive, accountability, right? Because that it comes back to hum, uh, humility. Do we have the courage to receive the other person's accountability if we are falling short, if we are not um, doing our part, if we're not taking full responsibility of, of the role and uh, roles that we have? Uh, do we have the courage to receive that accountability from them to improve? And then conversely, like you said, do we have the courage to and the character to give accountability for those who are falling short, 
whether it's their knowledge, whether it's their fitness, whether it's something else, um, do we have the courage and do we really care enough um, to help other people, uh, our brothers and sisters, you know, uh, improve? So that that that's how really, um, you know, accountability, courage, communication and character all really play into each other. Um, and one of the things I was really proud of that was in the book, um, Captain Dina Ali. Uh, contributed to the courage chapter and specifically she can contributed under the section of emotional courage um, she is an amazing advocate for behavioral health um, and if anyone out there listening shameless plug right here but if anyone out there can listen to episode three um, that i had her on the firefighter success podcast if you can listen to her story it is amazing uh, about her personal battles with depression and even suicidal ideation for herself. Um, and now she is one of the strongest uh, advocates out there in the fire service. And her story is just so inspirational. Um, but she really breaks down, um, you know, emotional courage for firefighters, having the courage um, to, you know, not surrender to the guilt or shame um, or embarrassment that you may be facing uh, if you have failed within a fire service and beyond, right? Outside of the fire service, yeah. uh, making sure you don't surrender to that and that you have the courage to reach out for help because there's always hope. There, there's always a, a brighter side and uh, suicide is not the solution for anybody. Um, so I really encourage people to read her that section in the book because she did an amazing job and also listen to her firefighter success podcast. I believe it's episode three. Oh, cool. Great. Yeah, well, um, <clears throat> I will put a link in the show notes uh, to your podcast as well because awesome. uh, it, it keeps this conversation alive, which is which is huge. And that's a that right there is a really important one, right? Courage is so much more than um, than running into a fire, right? Oh yeah. The, it, yeah. It, and I think that's a really important conversation to have, right? It's it's important to it takes courage to advocate for yourself when yeah. uh, when you feel like things are going sideways or going wrong. Um, or you're yeah. being treated unjustly or, you know, the station environment is toxic or inappropriate or, or, or yeah. even, you know, you're on a call and somebody does something that's a little inappropriate. It takes courage to stand up for what's right and, right. and to do right. the right thing. And so it's a very important value set. Um, you know, when you're in a room full of people that may not agree with you uh, and your position, holding the line uh, for what you believe is right takes a tremendous exactly. amount of courage and, yep. um, and then <clears throat> talking about, you know, the mental health piece, uh, I think I, I like to believe, and I, I, I do believe that we are getting better in the American fire service. And, um, when it comes to the way we handle our folks, when it comes to mm -hmm. mental health and, um, mental illness, it, it is really an injury like any other injury that requires attention. And, yeah. You know, we have to be loving and caring and supportive of our people. Yep. You know, and and that's one of the other things that she specifically speaks to. Um, so not only that individual who is suffering, not only them having the courage to reach out, but uh, all of the rest of us who are not necessarily suffering. If we see, you know, drastic changes in a person's behavior, the way they're acting, what they're saying, if we perceive them to be under the influence of, of you know, uh, drugs or alcohol or something yeah. like that. They come to work or they got a, a lot of, you know, they're, they're extremely quiet. Um, and we just really, 
see their behavior is changing and abnormal, we have to jump on that, you yeah. know, and she talks about very specific questions that we can ask um, as, as courageous firefighters. Hey, do you want to kill yourself? I mean, just really answering, uh, asking that blatant, yeah. direct question, you know, and sometimes they need someone to ask them that or, you know, you can ask them, do you need help? And that's all they need yeah. uh, is someone to ask them that question because they maybe they need someone to ask them that question. And they can say, yes. I, I want to kill myself or yes, I need help, you know, and, and she says, don't beat around the bush, you know, be right. caring, be compassionate, be empathetic uh, and be courageous enough to just sit with them and listen to them and, and, and be with them uh, in their suffering. Yeah. Yeah, that is it, it does take a tremendous amount of courage to ask those hard questions. But yeah. I will say this, if you love somebody and you really care about them, then you have to be clear and concise and crisp in your language and that can yep. be uncomfortable and I'll, I'll tell you from personal experience uh those folks might they might motherfuck you up and down um yeah but that's but, but you know what? Need, at least you showed your you cared and you were courageous and if they need help then that's that's what they need and uh, yeah. uh as uh, as unfortunate as that can be they're gonna they're gonna talk hard language on you but at the end of the day uh you know you're here to help and you're not doesn't do you any good to, to be quiet with that one and uh, yeah and i think so. if you you frame it within hey man i i actually do care and i see you've mm -hmm. been you know coming into work and you're not acting like yourself you know uh don't just say how are you doing you know just be more specific of like hey yeah. what's going on you right. know i see you're doing this and you know why is that yeah yep exactly cool Okay, what's the next one on your list? Let's yeah, um, next one on my list. Um, yeah, if I can round it out, I mean, I, I like all 20, but if I can round <laughs> it out, like you said before, uh, coach, the last chapter, um, coming full circle, you know, yeah. we started with coachable, but coming full circle with being that coach that you always wanted to have in your life, being that coach, being that mentor uh, to other firefighters. And you don't have to necessarily have the most knowledge or experience to be that coach you just have to be willing to pour into other firefighters and help them be at their best um so every like you said before everybody has something of value that they can share everybody has something that they can contribute um and hopefully we we have that that humility uh to want to pass that on to other firefighters what we have learned uh, because as Tiger Schmittendorf says, uh, hey, train your replacement. You know, that's what he's well known for. Train your replacement. So yeah. hopefully we are doing that. Um, and so I go through in that chapter, uh, you know, since I'm so passionate about mentorship, I go through that chapter and, and tell people specific ways of how to be a successful coach for their firefighters, how to be a successful mentor. Um, and really what it comes back to is uh, rule number one, caring, caring about your people uh, and wanting the best for them. Um, and so uh, I'm honored and grateful to say that I've had uh, numerous mentors in my life um, that have poured into me and have made a huge difference um, from the small things they did and from the big things that they've done for me. Um, and I really believe mentorship is so important. And, and hopefully we can all be that coach. We can all be that mentor uh, to someone uh, who wants to follow in our footsteps. So let me let me ask you a question about that. Jim, yeah. Because a lot of organizations will try to establish uh, formal mentorship programs, uh -huh. um, and 
you know, with whatever degree of success, I have no idea. The, sure. Um, so how does one, uh, who's, how does one find a mentor? Yeah, it's, it's right? pretty what that, easy. What does that I mean, look like? Yeah, it's pretty easy. And you don't have to, like you say, you don't have to have a formal mentorship program uh, at your fire department or at your, your place of employment. If you're not a firefighter yet, you don't have to have a formal mentor, uh, even relationship, right? Just uh, what I tell people to do is first and for- foremost, identify those who you want to be like, you know, those leaders who you want to be like, whether they hold rank or not. Uh, and identify the specific qualities or characteristics, why, you know, they you admire them, why you want to be like them uh, and why you want to follow in their footsteps, you know, writing these things down. And then secondly, hopefully it's someone uh, it, that is within, you know, your uh, locale, if you will. Um, and you can just say, hey, you know, just connect with them, text message, give them a call. And say, hey, you want to meet for a coffee? You want to meet for a beer? I, I got some questions for you. And nine times out of ten, if they're a mentor uh, worth uh, following and, and worth having, they'll say, sure, sure. And they'll be honored by you wanting to meet with them and ask them some questions. And it doesn't you don't ever have to use the formal M, you know, mentor word. Um, you can just uh, follow up with them and ask them some questions about, you know, the pathway that you want to take. Um, and they would be more than willing to want to meet with you, I'm sure, time and time again. You know, maybe it's once a, once a month. Uh, maybe it's uh, every other week or something like that um, for a beer, coffee or whatever. Um, and uh, so it's really not hard to, to find a mentor uh, if there's not necessarily someone who is in your immediate locale. Then reach out on social media to someone that uh, inspires you, someone that you have questions that uh, you want to ask. Um, and I'm sure they'd be more than willing to, you know, trade emails or maybe hop on a, uh, you know, FaceTime, a Zoom call or something like that uh, for you to ask some questions. Uh, again, it comes back to what we just talked about, having that courage uh, to do so, right, to reach out to that individual uh, to ask those questions and, and hopefully improve. Yeah, I think there's there's that's really important. There's a couple different thoughts that come to my mind. And one of them is, you know, some, some of these folks are maybe inaccessible, right? And uh, like, for example, uh, Simon Sinek is an is a, uh-huh. a author who I've watched a bunch of his podcast, or not podcast, sorry, but I've watched his TED Talk and I've read his books and I think about, mm, is he a mentor in my life? Yes, absolutely, right? Mm-hmm. I've, I've gone to the well and I'm, I'm, I'm you know, drinking the Kool-Aid <laughs> that he's producing right. and, and applying it in my life, right? So that's one form of mentorship. And yes. I think about the... You know those folks in our organization that you're watching and studying their behavior, et cetera, and then there's those that you can that are accessible, right? So you reach out to them, and um, I, I love the fact that you said you know you can email people. Like I think there's people like that are would perceive to be untouchable or unreachable, rather that yeah. you you know you can reach out to them. You send an email, and and the key is to ask a a good quality question or or, or you know offer a suggestion and just say, Hey, I'm seeking some feedback on this idea. The, right. um, I had a, a boss a long time ago tell me, you know, every time a captain's test would, would be on the horizon, he would get overrun with people, <laughs> right. Wanting help. Right. And, um, and, and they would show up with their hands out and their hands empty. And they would say, <laughs> Hey, I, what do I need to do to become a, a captain? What's the problem? What do I got to do? And so he'd give them a very superficial response. Study real hard, prepare for your, know your tactics and prepare for the admin board. Like that's all I can do for you versus 
the person who showed up and said, all right, hey, I've given this some thought. Here's some ideas I have about what I need mm-hmm. to do to be successful. You know, like yes. I, they're probably going to ask me about customer service or, you know, whatever. And, and here's some thoughts I have about customer service. What do you think about my, my, my approach? When you do that, now you're going to get a much more quality conversation because you've given yeah. the person something to start with. So, yeah. <clears throat> so I think that like this, this, uh, uh, I love that when you, know, you say, Hey, like take someone out and, and, and say, Hey, invite them out for coffee or, or what have you. And it's a, that's a great place to start, but show up with some value, some, something yes. done already. Right. So that the exchange is more uh, worthwhile to the person you're sitting with. Because remember, right. these are human beings, right? And they want to they wanna hear, they want to have a really uh, thoughtful dialogue, not just, you know, feed out, you know, t- you know, you put coins in and they feed out information. <laughs> right. It's sh- showing, like you said, showing that uh, you are invested, right? Yes. That you have spent some thought, you, you've, you've given some effort to the process and you've had, like you said, some honest introspection uh, about where you are. And, and hopefully where you can go. And yeah. I think, yeah, by that individual showing that investment, uh, it's going to have the mentor or prospective mentor really push yeah. back and, and give that good, uh, you know, return of investment, if you will, for yeah. that individual. Yeah. And I will say that um, the other, the flip side of this is, and, you know, you and I now are at a level in our organizations where we are trying to feedback into the system. Right. And, yeah. and I think that as a, as a potential mentor, you have to make yourself available to people. So, sure. because it's intimidating, right. When, um, <laughs> this might sound kind of funny, but I was walking through the Academy and there's these recruits and they're like avoiding eye contact with me. And I'm like, Hey man, <laughs> I'm just a dude. Right. But they're like, Oh, Hey chief, Hey chief. And, and I'm like, Oh man, come on guys. Uh, I'm just, yeah. I'm just rain, rain, the dummy who does podcasts and you know, whatever, but yeah. they're, but I'm realizing that that is, that's how I was as a young yeah. firefighter, right? I was like, Oh, chief, he's, I don't want to talk to that guy. You know, he's just some you know battalion chief. I'm talking to him. And so yeah. there's this idea that, uh, sometimes there's a barrier between us and we have to, we have to make ourselves accessible, make ourselves approachable yeah. yes. and, and yes. be able to more. coach people. So, Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Man. That's awesome. I agree. Yeah. Well, oh, so Jim, thank you so much, man, for, for taking the time to, to walk me through there. I, I will say this, man, we barely scratched the surface. Um, we could probably <laughs> do four more podcasts or five. I mean, we could just go on and on because there's so much good content in your book and um, I mean, I've got it tabbed and highlighted and I've got comments written in here um, and uh, so much good stuff. And so I would recommend that anybody who has who is on this job, and even if you're not on the job, there is so much insight into uh, developing yourself um, as a successful human being, um, as well as you know specifically a successful firefighter, as the the topic or the title rather would uh, indicate. Uh, absolutely uh, worth worth the time it takes to, to read this book full, full of value. So thank you so much, Jim, for, for writing this book. And thank you for sitting down and sharing your thoughts and ideas with me. Well, thank you so much. And I appreciate those kind words. And, uh, yeah, if people want to get it, uh, I'll send them to firefightersuccessbook.com. Uh, if fire departments, uh, want like a bulk order for their organization, uh, they can get a discount on that. Um, and I also want to make sure people know that uh, a, a portion of each book purchase is actually donated back to first responder charities. So that's something uh, that's important to me and I'm passionate about uh, giving back to our first responder charities. 
And then uh, if, if people want to get that free download, we talked about the 101 rules for firefighter success. Um, that's at the website as well, uh, completely free. And then lastly, if anyone wants to host a uh, eight hour full day firefighter success workshop at their fire department, let me know. Uh, head to the website and just fill out the contact form and I'll, I'll get back with you on more info on that. So thanks so much, uh, Rain. I appreciate you having me on. Right on. Hey, let me uh, let me finish with one little thing here. You wrote on your, uh, there's a sticker you sent me. It says, when lives depend on us, success is our only option. That's right. Mike That's dropped. right. That is, boom. that is the tagline. Yeah, boom. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Hey, that's all we have for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Jim, thank you so much for sitting down with me and chatting uh, about your book and about just life in the firehouse and how we do business and things that we can do to be more successful. If you are enjoying the Fireground Fitness Podcast, make sure that you go to whatever platform you prefer to listen to. You subscribe. Uh, this episode will drop in the middle of the night when you least expect it. And get on over to Apple Podcasts, rate and review. Uh, if you have any feedback for me, uh, that's one way to provide it. You can also shoot me an email with your feedback. Love to hear from you. And now, go on out there. Take the lessons learned from today's podcast, from Jim's book. Imbue them into your life Find a way to be better, stronger, faster, more capable, more intelligent, more thoughtful, and just all around better and more successful human being. Go on. Get some.